Welcome to The Unheralded. This is a podcast where we get to learn more about the sports professions you thought you knew about, or maybe you didn't even know existed at all. With the help of those already working in their field, we'll get notions dispelled, hear some weird stories, and get to appreciate their jobs just a little bit more. I'm your host, Eddie Almaguer, and on today's show, someone with a job you've probably never heard about, but his role is so important to make sure that when you sit on your couch and watch your sports at home, it goes smoothly. We're going to speak with Mike Griffin, Director of SEC Network Operations and Productions at the University of Florida. Now, before jumping into the interview, I was kind of curious to see who in the world has even heard of this position. So I went around and asked students in the college that are in the sports tracks majors to see if even they had an idea. Here's what they had to say. What do they do? I guess they direct the show, so maybe like, I don't know. I don't really know what else they would do other than just oversee all the different projects and probably just assist and help the different departments and just make sure everything's running smoothly, I guess more or less, um, to make sure that the, the ship doesn't crash. I think he, he more laid back. I guess he let all the people under him do all the work and he like look over it later, like revise it and edit and approve and disapprove. So maybe overseeing like different camera angles and like everybody operating cameras and different screens and stuff. Hey, those were actually some pretty good guesses, especially that last one. But as we heard, there are plenty of misconceptions about what Mike does. And it's kind of hard to even guess what a role does when you've never even heard of it to begin with. So let's dive into the interview with Mike, where he's going to tell us all about what he's done in his career, what are some other misconceptions people have about his job, his favorite sport to work with, and more. So before we even dive into what it is, I'm curious, what are some some misconceptions you've had from people outside the industry of what you do? You tell them, hi, my name is Mike, this is what I do, and wait, do you do this? And then they're just so off base. Have you ever had that? Um, people that have no idea how TV works, which is probably, I don't know, 98% of the world, just assume, oh, you're the, the camera guy. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not the camera guy. Don't When you watch a game, don't you see the shots change? Well, yeah. I'm like, well, I'm, there's no leprechaun in the back of your TV that does that. It's not like some little hamster on a wheel that jumps wheel to wheel um and they're just like stare at me with this blank blank stare on their face so okay so let's get into it what exactly do you do well for for games which is the majority of what i have to do with so the actual physical broadcast you watch at home when you're watching on your tv and you see a camera shot somebody's telling that cameraman what to do whether it's an assignment given ahead of time or actively telling them to do something on the fly, um, I'm that guy. I'm also the guy that tells the other four or five or six camera guys what to do and the people in tape where they record those camera angles and then replay them. And then the guy that sits to my side with all of the magic buttons that when I say camera three, he hits the magic button and the shot changes on your air to the camera three and that the guy who's tracking the audio of said machines and said microphones is listening in and listening correctly to the right thing at the right time and all of that uh, all of those cascading tiers of of people doing their jobs underneath 
So I'm the guy that takes all the stuff that you might see and puts it all together for you to watch one thing on your TV at home. If that sounds like a lot, well, it's because it is. What you're about to hear is the open, or the intro, to a men's basketball game on TV. Mike is a prominent voice you hear immediately, and in the background you hear the game's broadcasters. Remember, every number Mike calls are specific cameras in the game. Five, go up, four, three, two, roll red, up on red. At five, one. One, two, Animate. Get him going, Jeff. Ready to dissolve the four and clean. Dissolve four, tilt down. And Wolf at the backside. Mike White on two to five. And this goes on for about another two to three minutes. And again, this is just the beginning of the game. Games last two to three hours, and this is kind of hectic back and forth that entire time. So you're almost like the captain of the ship for game broadcasts. Sure, yeah. That's a fair, very fair way of putting it. You know, I direct people into what to do, what, uh, what, where to be, what to be shooting in each situation, what to be looking for in each situation. I'm also the guy that when you see announcers on TV and you see the little earbud in their ear, um, it's not some magic earbud that, you know, from the network on high that comes from that also comes from me to tell them what's coming up or hey we've got this or hey we've got that or so you're looking at I'm, I'm guessing a bunch of screens right how many screens are you looking at during a regular in, in, in just a typical broadcast depending on what we do here at the out of the control room to our left 44 to 48 wow. little individual monitors so you got you're looking at 40 some odd screens mm -hmm. you got the person on the right uh, the technical director mm -hmm. who's the button pusher the button pusher the magic button pusher who's listening to your cue to change cameras you have a, a, a sometimes two or three graphics uh, mm -hmm. producers behind you who are putting up the graphics that you'd probably want to see on, on the screen mm -hmm. people helping with the camera in the control room and more help doing the replay mm -hmm. you gotta be a pretty damn good multitasker to do your job right the first couple times that you do it, and I was very, very young when I did it the first few times, you are completely overwhelmed with the amount of voices that are in and out of your head. Because during a game, I wear a headset, much like a um, like a call center operator would wear. You know, I have one open ear so I can hear people that are near me, and one earmuff. It's really, I mean, it's it's kind of like a mind warp the first few times you do it because you're you're trying to recognize voices and still comprehend what they're saying but ignore them enough so you don't lose your train of thought on what you're doing and it's just like it's like little jabs in your brain like oh my god okay what was that is that important what was that what is that important who's that what you know little things like that so it was it's it's a mental exercise for sure so what skills do you need to be good at your job then, would you say? You can't really be wishy-washy. You have to, um, you know, make up your mind. You have to, even if it's wrong, you have to commit and do something. Because if you don't, and you don't do anything, it's awful TV. You got a lot of stuff going on at all times. It feels like the margin for errors are pretty big sometimes, considering there's so many moving pieces in a broadcast. Yeah. There's a lot of margin for error because you're relying on a lot of people to do jobs for you and you can't do everything for everybody so you have to trust them to do that job. 
whether it's just them not having a replay angle or a graphic or the camera not being in focus or things like that, it's constant, constant, constant margin for, uh, room for error because everything is live. Like there's no script once the play starts. That's just not a script. You have to, it's all reactionary. So, so lots of room uh, for error. Let's do a little Wizard of Oz here and peel back the curtain. Sure. Tell me of some of the biggest mistakes or gaffes that oh, that have happened. And, and you know, you've been in the, in the business for how many years now? Well, twenty eighth year basically. So I'm not sure. One, a couple of things must have gone wrong in those twenty eight uh, yeah. years. Um, set set the scene. Where were you? And what was wow. the big mistake? There's a whole bunch of like little mistakes all the time. The biggest issue, and it's not necessarily big big things, but the issue that you find that's hard is trying to get your now you know make sure your announcers are on the same page. I remember doing a, a major league baseball game, and we used to switch announcers in the middle of the game. So the radio guys came over and did like three innings in the middle, and the TV guys went and did radio and all this stuff. So it was the first half inning that the TV radio guys had come over to TV and the guy runs into the booth and we put him on camera and we're doing this, you know, a little, Hey, I'm, I'm back here now. Great to see you. A little game update, blah, blah, blah. So he's just getting settled in quick one pitch ground out. Um, you know, two pitch ground out quick inning third batter hits one to the wall and and I can see on the camera that's shooting the announcers, it's just there in the booth that he sees it go up and he looks down and he starts to write it down. It was not a home run. It was a routine fly out to left field, you know, 15 feet short of the wall. But he goes into his home run call as he looks down and, and he's writing it down. And I'm like, and I was, I don't know, maybe in my fifth or sixth game. And I'm like, uh, okay, what do what? do I do now? I'm like, we're cutting around and we're showing the guy, you know, like there's outs. The guy's running in from left field. He tosses the ball to the umpire and the guy's making this great call and and everyone's looking around like, you got, somebody's, I got to tell him. And I'm like, hey, no, it's a fly out to left. It's the third out of the inning. We're going to break and, you know, five, four, what, what, huh, huh? Oh, we'll be right back. Click. And it's just a, a complete train wreck of television. And that happens all the time. When, when you go home, well, well, really, once you start in the business, it's impossible to see, to to relax at home and watch a regular game broadcast. Yeah. It, it's just a different lens now. It doesn't happen. It doesn't. And, and the worst part is, like, like, I have three little children, and my little kids are, do the same thing. Because they'll come home, and, or I'll come home from a game, and they'll be like, hey, we watched your game. How come you didn't show a replay of that uh, tip at the basket with a minute left? I'm like, well, hey, great. How are you guys doing? Oh, did you have a good day? No, seriously, where where was where was it? Where why is there no camera? I'm like, well, so it's not, it's not, your, it's yeah. not your supervisors doing no, you can come home. Yeah, they're the midgets are in the, <laughs> yelling at me. As you may have picked up earlier, Mike worked in Major League Baseball. He produced games for Fox Sports Florida with the Tampa Bay Rays broadcast for 18 years. We all know professional athletes live a life of travel, but they're not the only ones. Mike gave us some insight into the life he led all those years. The best part about baseball for me was the behind-the-scenes stuff with your crew because you do, you know, 100, we did 150 broadcasts a year around all the national broadcasts, sometimes 155. And 
you know, you're with your announcers every day and you're on the plane with the coaches and the trainers and the players every, every couple of days. And it's just, you know, like you miss your kids and your family and stuff, because even though you see them, you don't really see them that much. And you just kind of have this foster family where everybody's in the same boat, you know, getting to watch all these games and work on all these games, which is really cool. And you're all going through it together, you know, and then they understand that you're putting in the same kind of time that they're putting in. So that part of it is pretty great. Pick a favorite sport here in the University of Florida you like to work. The gymnastics, I'd have to say, is the one that I had never done and I was completely blown away by the entertainment of it and the athleticism of it. You know, everybody watches the Olympics and you're like, oh, hey, that looks really cool. But when you have eight feed camera feeds in your face of it, then you're like, wow, this is, I mean, that's really something special to see this little four foot 10 girl leap seven feet in the air and twist twice and flip once and, la and land like she just took a step, like there was nothing wrong. So they all have great pieces to the sports, but, uh, you know, softball and gymnastics being relatively new and very entertaining, I would have to say, or my, I won't say favorites, but they're, they're to the front of the list. If you did a good enough job right now in this interview, you might have converted one, maybe two people to pursue this line of career. Oof. If that is true, what advice do you give them? Save your money. Don't do it for money. Um, and it also depends on what you want to do because there's, like, I spent dozens of years beating it around the country, like, you know, with. Granted, I get to fly on a team playing with the Rays, but we land at 3 o'clock in the morning and go to a hotel and wake up, have breakfast, and go to work to get ready in Seattle. And oh, by the way, we're in Seattle, so I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning because my body thought it was 7. You know, it's just, it's hard. Like, it's way harder than people think, and it's way harder to break in. You can't just assume, oh, I did a good job on this game or that game, so I'm going to just get a ton of games. Well, there's people that are already doing what you're doing. So you have to have a sense of realistic expectations. Um, you, you know, it's okay to try to want to take over the world, but you have to have a sense of realism that, you know what, I probably can't take over the world tomorrow. So I got to keep plugging and how do I get better? And um, so don't ignore the technical side of the business because there's a whole lot more jobs in the technical side of the business where you're either a director or producer or you're a graphics guy or a camera person or a replay operator any of that stuff there's a lot of people that make a, have made a living for a, a good living for a long time running replay machines you know and enjoy it or sitting in my chair and enjoy it don't ignore uh, don't ignore the back side of the, of the shows especially when you're young. That was Mike Griffin, Director of SEC Network Operations and Production. I'm your host, Eddie Almaguer, and I hope you learned something you didn't know 15 minutes ago. This is The Unheralded. See you next week.